Hey there again, it's Noise Benet hosting some thinks I thought. Today let's launch into the final chapter of my not so enlightening series on comedy. I guess at this point I might as well put some of my own thoughts and feelings into it as my previous piece on the subject, it ended up being kind of more compliment sandwich, trivial details. Yes, we begin again with uh, one of the things that kind of struck me about the last, uh, one of the last uh, presidents, obviously this was Trump at the time of this recording, um, one of the major moments for me in comedy was when the entire world stood up and presented Trump impersonators. I think this was a very important moment because the entire world turned and laughed at a very scary and dangerous man. Um, the only time I've seen something on that level but on uh, a lower, like, lower amount of people, um, the interview with um, Seth Rogen and Kim Jong, or, you know, the guy from Korea, I can't, I'm very bad with those guys' names. Um, that one was both funny and shocking, and that ending made me so surprised that North Korea didn't, like, knee-jerk react and, like, throw something in the direction. Um, I think it says a lot about history that we all were able to sit back and laugh at something that was that shocking and not die and then with Trump it's sort of like you get the situation of you never know how that guy could have reacted to that and I think we we all were probably lucky that the clown who ran the circus was run out of the circus we have an unfortunate couple of months left of the man with any luck, his successor, we have at least a few quiet years before they get their next stupid president. It seems to be good president, bad president, good president, bad president. I don't know if that's a great way of keeping the system afloat, but at least in my lifetime, that seems to be what it looks like. That's probably a bit of a harsh judgment, but that's what it looks like from, from my mere 30 years of being here. I wanted to apologize for my middle episode on comedy. I didn't intend to actually go through my list of comedians and do the page I was doing. I was quite tired at the time, and I've considered yanking that episode and redoing it. But for the sake of it, I do want a few shout-outs to continue this. Christopher Titus is like the rock and roll king of misfits and malcontents. I swear he was definitely put there for people who have dysfunctional days. It's very soul healing to have seen some of his work. And I really am very supportive of how he's been through COVID. I think he's done a stellar job of trying to keep himself relevant and a force for good for the COVID situation. I think more people should have been like him. 
Uh, I wanted to do a little bit about humor through the ages, but I'm going to skip that because most of my details are irrelevant at the moment. My middle subject for this particular entry will be the faux pas of historical humor. Race stuff is obviously something you can't do, and has never been done well. Um, two movies that I've always thought stuck out as interesting bits of racial commentary were Double Take with, um, oh geez, I can't remember his name now. I'll point out, um, Down From Earth again. I know this is a movie I bring up too much, but that is a racial commentary movie that would never fly today. You, you would never get it past the door. I occasionally appreciate some of the commentary of things over time, even if they're not sensitive to this time. Sometimes they're relevant to their own time. And sometimes they're actually what we would almost consider progressive for their own time. Um, when it comes to race humor and stuff, like, I don't know, I was brought up around people who told native jokes, so for me, I know blonde native jokes in Finnedom. And I don't like knowing them, but I know them, and they're not very nice. Um, I don't know, not all jokes are meant to be nice, I guess. I guess the gender-slash-GLBT crowd comedy has really changed over the years. Eddie Murphy, I can't remember if it's raw or delirious, you would not see that car bit in today's moments. You also would not see things like um, Ace Ventura. Like, for example, I also agree with the person from Disclosure. I do not like that the, the, tr the reaction of that particular situation ended up being a media stereotype for like the next decade, and I think that's horrible. I didn't know that's that some of this comes from... You don't know where things come from if you don't see everything, but when you connect the dots, it gets interesting. I do and I don't understand the millennial PC butthurtness. On one hand, things are offensive, but on the other hand, offensive things can be very funny. Sometimes, the mere fact they're funny can point out how bad the thing is. I don't know. I think stereotypes are something we're going to have to examine. The other thing that I think is actually probably a good thing is the ever-changing dialogue um, around words and comedy and the way we express ourselves. I know not everyone's exactly a fan of the fact there's a new sexuality coined, like, daily, but to some confused and you know, lost people. These words are describing things that they themselves have never had a word for. Consider when you learn a new language. You find a word that describes a feeling you cannot describe in English. This is that version. I wanted to point out... Uh, I'm j jumping all over the place, but it's because my notes are kind of all over the place now. I wanted to point out one little thing about 90s movies. Liar Liar was the ultimate lying movie versus Mo Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire presented us with the ending of your parents are probably not getting back together, 
Liar Liar set an unrealistic precedent. Well, maybe not a precedent, but it set the unrealistic expectation that if you make a wish on your birthday, mommy and daddy will get back together. I feel like that was a little bit somewhat damaging to children. No offense, I, I love Jim Carrey too, but... Um, Mrs. Doubtfire, I think, was a more honest ending. Um, the notes are all over the place, you'll have to pardon. There's a little side commentary here that it says, The joke that makes you is often the joke that breaks you. I, I think a lot of guys are sick of their one-hit lines. I, I wonder if Stephen Wright got sick of telling his, like, series of jokes. Like, I don't think he thought of them that often. They were solid. But I don't think he thought them fast enough, I guess. I always thought that if a comedian was doing a new stage show, like a, a filming thing, they should at least be bringing some or most new material to it. But who am I to critique this as someone I've never filmed anything good like that myself? I don't know. Anyway. Other observations? Comedians are often funny to adapt to being smart and sensitive enough to need a filter to shine the craziness of life through in order to cope and interpret. Comedians are often people who like interpret the world-weary way they see everything as a warning to the public of the craziness they see around them. What can you learn from your comedy? Well, perhaps check out the messages they're trying to tell you and what they're trying to convince you. And I'm going to leave this off with Charlie Chaplin from The Great Dictator, because I can't say any, any of this any better than he could. I feel like this isn't necessarily about comedy, but this is the parting words of a comedian who was mostly silent for most of his career, and this is the one big thing he said. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, Liberty will never perish.
Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man. Not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then, in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! That was Charlie Chaplin and his iconic speech from The Great Dictator. Join us next time from Some Thinks I've Thought. Hosted by Noise Benet.